0: Welcome to the very first edition of the Pepper Podcast. Since you all are new here, the Pepper Podcast covers a wide range of spicy events that occur in our daily lives. Two high school students tackle heated topics through the discussion. I'm your host, Jay Mehta, and joining me is my co-host, Andy Watanaskunpan, and today's topic will be covering the widely known yet misunderstood issue of climate change and its impacts. Today's society has increased the amount of awareness around climate change compared to previous generations. However, the threat still encompasses our society, and without proper conduct, the world will feel an impact they cannot return from. It has been stated that even if we go carbon zero today, the effects would continue to haunt us for years, according to theconversation.com.
1: Together, we've gathered various aspects surrounding the threat of climate change, including hotter temperatures, more severe storms, etc. And we will be exploring those deeper today.
0: So, I mean, there's a lot of issues surrounding our society and climate change. And at first, I think there's it's a good idea to talk about um, maybe future prevention uh, and I guess how climate change has come about in our society. So especially because of um, cheaper costs of um, coal and uh, industrial societies have pushed um, on a, like a unsustainable um, fossil fuels into the yeah. energy source, and mm-hmm. those have been the mainstream for many decades, um, even hundreds of years since the industrial revolution. Um, and only it's only recently, um, in this past decade, in the previous decade, um, that we've really created alternatives. Um, for one example, we have uh, Elon Musk, Tesla, Tesla's electric cars. Those have become um very popular nowadays. Um, we're working towards other um, other alternatives like biofuels and reusable energy and like wind and um, using hydropower and things like
1: that. Um, yeah, and I think it's really hard to come up with fu- clear-cut future preventatives because yeah. there are so many aspects to, you know, climate change because obviously one argument could be made towards climate change and like, why we don't really need to worry about it is that climate change always happens right however yeah. ha- what we've seen in recent years especially since the dawn of the industrial revolution in the 19th century we've seen human activity cause this exponential increase in the rate at which climate change is happening mm-hmm. and this causes incredibly disastrous effects on yeah. ecosystems all across the world and climate and- change
0: ex- oh, sorry sorry to cut you off but climate change is also categorize, it's not just climate change um, being the general threat of our society, climate change is composed of a lot of various things, right? So like global warming yeah. is one aspect of climate change, which I hear um, is a is little bit misconstrued. Um, I feel like because there's just this general idea of climate change and global warming being um, the same thing, in which there are similarities, um, and there are constituents, but they there's there's a bit of a difference like uh, global warming falls under the term of climate change but there's a lot more that goes on to climate change um than just global warming and that's something we should definitely um bring light to in our society
1: yeah and i think so too and a lot like from personal anecdotal experiences i think that what i like to discuss the issue of climate change because i am a passionate advocate of uh, environmental sustainability i think that a lot of people are confused with what climate change is. Yes, climate change doesn't exist. The climate definitely changes. and is flexible, right? But you can say that with global warming specifically, that causes more extreme events, more extreme um, uh, winters and sort of mm-hmm. snowstorms, more extreme hurricanes, tornadoes. And we've seen a lot of it in the past recent
0: years and even in the past recent five years, we've seen tons of catastrophic events. You know, we've even this year and last year. I mean, it's the start of 2022 now. But uh, Mm -hmm. last year in 2021, there's been disastrous effects um, on our society with hurricanes and snowstorms. And it's been very difficult um, to and I feel like it's been a bit of an awakening um, in our, I guess, in our society. Uh, it's really opened people's eyes, especially even in the Tennessee area. Uh, we have received a lot more tornadoes than normal. Um, I don't really remember yeah. having a lot of tornadoes in my area when I grew up. Mm-hmm. Um, but now, I mean, we've had two in the past two years. Um, the la- the last one was in 2020 that completely devastated my old middle school. Um, and the mm-hmm. recent one completely shred through Bowling Green, Kentucky and its citizens. So um, yeah. I feel like it's it's very it's a very controversial topic um but i feel like if we bring more light to the issue um and people understand more about it i feel like it could be uh, not solved but there could be workarounds to it because it's very I, difficult I, I, to, I, to to i guess find a solution to a problem so big
1: yes the global warming and the uh, the extreme heating of the earth due to human activity for the majority is a very multifaceted problem and it can't it does not have a nec- it doesn't necessarily have a direct solution it takes it takes the work of people all around the world with different systems being implemented and changes because while yes the majority of global warming and greenhouse gas emissions that you know trap the heat in the earth's atmosphere that is caused mostly by corporations and you know big oil companies coal mining mm-hmm. all these giant that have like huge amounts of. CO two and huge carbon footprints. While that does make up a huge part of the problem, people and in their individual choices also make up a large part of the problem. Yeah. and I don't think that people realize because it's like they, that's a they big, think that's a good that point that you brought up. Yeah, yeah, they think that like they, there's changes that they can make, but what's the point of making them when there are these giant industries? But that's just those are just oftentimes excuses, and that try to justify their own stubbornness to change for the better.
0: I agree, definitely. It's something that people use. It's like, oh, if I'm I'm the only person doing it, why should I be the only one doing it when there's so many other people um, doing it? And I feel like that's such a horrible excuse, specifically because in, in the aspect of something that's detrimental to our society, any help is help, right? Regardless of how big it is, it's something that prevents something worse from happening, right? Uh, especially with like the introduction of i mean even back in the 1900s when we introduced like uh refrigerators with uh coral fluorocarbons uh cfc's yeah. they decimated our atmosphere they decimated um well our like ozone layer which is very um it was very risky and it was very dangerous um mm-hmm. especially and even the ozone layer is still repairing to this day um but it's it's still it's been rough Um, but with the, uh, protocols that have been put in place, the Montreal protocol, um, things have been, um, semi, it's been stagnant specifically because, I mean, CFCs have been banned, but they've been replaced Mm -hmm. with, and uh, this goes back to what I'm saying of, there's this perpetual kind of motion that keeps bringing, um, like, I guess, fossil fuels and, um, global warming, uh, G or I guess, elements with GWP into our atmosphere, because, these like companies are instead of using cfc's use hcfc's yeah. in which the difference between them is coral fluorocarbons destroy our ozone layer in which hcfc's do not destroy our ozone layer but in fact they just add to um the climate change and global warming specifically because they dist- they add a lot of global warming potential into our atmosphere um they have a very high global warming potential and it takes very long for them to um go away which is very destructive uh yeah. for the atmosphere um but thank god we're moving to other things now um
1: yeah no i i completely agree and i think the the point that you brought up about like the acfcs and that inverse uh reaction to the cfc's destroying the ozone layer is something that i'd like to explore a little more and it's like they're also Things that cause global warming or hasten its process, yeah, uh, such that we don't necessarily take into consideration of our mm-hmm. everyday lives, yeah. such as like our food choices, yeah, and that's very important, or some, something as like as random as like Bitcoin or cryptocurrencies, yeah. because to yeah. find that and get on that blockchain. Yes. It it takes so much energy. Very energy intensive,
0: extremely energy energy intensive. I mean, um, there's been recent uh, news articles about countries limiting the amount of Bitcoin that uh, their Mm -hmm. citizens can mine because it's so energy intensive. Um, And even though it's earning you money, I mean, what this is a bit of an awakening and I guess it's a little bit controversial. But what's really the value of money when there's nothing to spend it on? You know, exactly. we're going yeah. to we're, we're destroying our society for the value of money when in reality, we're destroying our environment that provides the, the resources that we need that we pay for, you know, so we're destroying yeah. the things that we pay for by gaining money. You know what I mean? In order to gain yeah. money, we're destroying <laughs> what we what we buy. And so we're just destroying the cycle. And eventually there's going to be a moment where we're not able to come back and I want to prevent that and i guess it it may not just be our generation i feel like um more generations are understanding this more but Mm -hmm. it's definitely something that has um been widespread throughout Uh, i know uh, for my generation at least or the people that i know um people are scared um especially people are just really scared about what's going to be like what our future is going to like uh be Mm -hmm. like because it's our world is going to change so much specifically because we're not stopping really our carbon production. You know, we're releasing so much carbon dioxide and we still are, even though there's so much talk of, Oh, we're, we're going, you know, we're going more carbon zero. We're going more carbon zero. I mean, India said that they would go carbon zero net zero by 2080. I believe I can re-research that. Um, or 2060, I can double check that again, but, um, it just shows that like, but like really will. How will they do it? Like, will they do it? And, but I, and also, I feel like, will they be able to m- make that in time, where it makes enough of a change, or will twenty eighty be too far, in which we can't really come back? There's no saving point. We're on the p- point behind saving, you know.
1: Yeah, and I think that uh, it's actually it's twenty seventy,
0: which is okay. pretty close. Uh,
1: yeah. They said that they would go carbon zero by twenty seven, but I I have my doubts. But like, obviously, I think that. A country making a step towards going carbon zero, especially a country as densely packed and populated as India, is is a very responsible and mm-hmm. enlightened mindset. However, uh, I saw some predictions of the population of India going to surpass that of the population of China to become mm-hmm. the most populous country in the world, mm-hmm. and I fear for that because like that that's obviously an offset of uh, the uh, global warming because as global, as temperatures rise and as weather's become more extreme, you know, the Arctic ice will melt. And then that, yeah. in turn, will make the sea oceans rise, forcing people to move inwards, mm-hmm. forcing incredibly stronger droughts that last mm-hmm. for way longer and make crops grow less.
0: Not to but- mention, we're in a water, sh- water shortage already, you know? Mm-hmm. There's so many people that do not have, well, access to water in our society. Yes. And, and even, not even just, like, out of countries you know like not even just in our third world countries this happens in literally like the united states like california the southern part of california there's a an extreme water shortage and there's a discrepancy between um companies and conglomerates that are using this excessive amount of water and its citizens that are unable to have just access to you know to just get a drink in the morning or just take a shower even or even flush their toilet
1: yes yes and i think that like Yes, food and water scarcity in the world is, is is incredibly bad right now. But, like, imagine what it'd be 50, 100 years in the future when that commodity, like water and food, that mm-hmm. people need mm-hmm. is going to be so much more hard to achieve and so much more expensive to get. Mm-hmm.
0: I agree. You know? I and, feel like we should create like, a mental awakening right now. And that's mm-hmm, why it's, yeah. it's so important to create a mental awakening before we have a real, true, rude... Like physical awakening, in which we experience severe effects in our society, where there are people that that are starving. I mean, we have people starving now, but there's going to be hundreds and hundreds and thousands of people, hundreds of millions of people that are starving, and yes. or in, without access to clean water. And those are n- like necessary to survive. And if we don't stop and like look back, you know, look at the big picture and see what are we really doing to our society this like future generations are really going to suffer from our call like what we're doing today
1: yeah no and i i, I know i read a um, a an article that said like global losses from climate disasters in 2021 uh far exceeded 100 billion dollars in oh my god just this last year and it, just in the u.s mm-hmm. 2021 weather had cost the country $145 billion, which was the deadliest since 2011. And I think that, yes, it is easy just to say, like, yeah, that could have happened in any other year, even if Mm -hmm. global warming was, like, not a thing or not as bad. Mm -hmm. Yes, but we've seen this trend, Yeah. you know? Hottest summer since whatever year. Hottest summer consistently every single year. There is a definite – there's a
0: 100% correlation between – um. The effects of carbon dioxide in the atmosphere and just even uh elements with global warming potential and their um like an increase uh you know like warming of ice and there's a there's a definite correlation between them
1: yeah and i think that like it's not just carbon dioxide that are greenhouse gases. yes yeah. Obviously, there's like there's like uh, uh like say for example Uh, a lot of scientists like to point out the effect that the beef industry has
0: yeah so to get i'm glad we're here i'm glad we're here this is i have a lot of points on this part but before you start i just want to delineate a few of the big um greenhouse gases so number one that's very less talked it's a lot less talked about um it's just water vapor i mean water vapor is a um greenhouse gas um but it's just i mean it's not as bad, it doesn't have that bad of a a global warming potential, but it is because it it, it has there's copious amounts of it it in the atmosphere. So but it's not as bad um, generally because it is more of a natural type of thing. And then we have our carbon dioxide. What's so important about carbon dioxide is that it's generally um, a lot of the entry of it to the atmosphere is man is like anthropogenic. Right. So it's (laughs) the humans that are doing it mainly. Um, and then we have methane. So methane has a higher global warming potential than carbon dioxide, but less less time uh, yeah. than carbon dioxide. But it has yeah. a, um, I guess, it has a higher global warming potential, meaning it's more devastating for our atmosphere. However, it is shorter in time. But the effects of, uh, as you're about to s- uh, speak about, about how cows and how they produce a lot of methane have uh, been perpetuating and have been, like, you know, they've been keeping the cycle going of adding methane to our atmosphere. And so I'll give it back to you. Just wanted to add a few uh, compounds.
1: Yeah. And so I think that the point you brought up and the distinction that you made between methane and carbon dioxide, since they're the most, like, talked about uh, greenhouse gases, is methane's lifetime is around 12 years in the atmosphere. Mm-hmm. And that may, that, while you, when you say it is shorter than carbon dioxide, 12 years is a very long time especially with increased uh, production of methane released by global warming in and of itself, because it's like that cycle, right? Mm -hmm. Like as the temperatures rise, methane is released from the Arctic that's trapped below the ice. And then there's also human activity, like the beef consumption, for example. And like, just to get that beef, I know, especially in the Amazon rainforest, for example, they cut down trees and entire forests just to make
0: beef. No, not even just to mention, it is clear cut farming. They do not preserve any biolife. They do not preserve any biodiversity. Yeah. They clear cut. They clear cut to remove all types of biodiversity. So not only are they cutting, um, well, timber that they could sell, and they've been destroying the atmosphere. They've they're destroying, um, carbon dioxide, reducing um organisms but they're destroying bio- like biodiversity in the process and so we're having an extreme loss of biodiversity um it used yeah. to be that two uh, animals go extinct every um i believe it's I'm, i want, don't want to get my facts wrong i'll research into that fact um but i'll come back to that
1: okay yeah no i was just gonna say that like they they cut down the areas with a bunch of trees. They preserve no biodiversity, displace indigenous populations. And this is because the, uh, large companies are trying to incentivize countries like Bolivia, Guyana, Suriname, Colombia, Ecuador, Peru, Bolivia, Brazil to allow them to work in these areas and cut down with huge amounts of money because they know that the beef industry is incredibly popular. And so once you cut down all of that, you have... Destroy the Amazon rainforest, which is a huge contributor of oxygen and absorber Mm -hmm. of the carbon dioxide and greenhouse gases in our atmosphere, and not to mention that the the amount of methane and carbon dioxide that cows produce Mm -hmm. through like waste and just to get to feed those cows, to water those cows, to process those those cows, Mm -hmm. it's incredibly detrimental to our um, to our ecosystems. And I'm right now. I'm not trying to advocate for uh, veganism because i know that oftentimes veganism which is a misconception misconception veganism is actually more harmful than buying local produce and locally uh, locally derived meats and animal products because you have to ship, ship plant products from halfway across the world or from across the country which the net carbon footprint of that already increases the uh already surpasses that of you know just getting locally local produce and animal products. So I think that that's one thing that a lot of people fail to see. And obviously, you know, just dietary restriction wise, if you want to do that, then go ahead, all the power to you. And I know that, uh, in recent years, like three or four years ago, I decided to take the step towards vegetarianism, then more towards veganism. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people are starting to realize that. Yeah. And, you know, I, I definitely support that, but
0: i mean i i've been a vegetarian since birth and i still am vegetarian um Mm -hmm. i mean i consume dairy and that's it um i don't consume eggs but um or any fish or but that's what vegetarian is. um so i i honestly am a little thing i guess now it's less of more um i guess religion um and more of choice you know and virtue and it's that i i'm really seeing an issue in our society um and i feel like i'm protecting um, I guess, some the prevention and I'm preventing, you know, further destruction of our atmosphere and going back to our uh, loss of biodiversity. I was right. Um, the extinction rate baseline is about one species per 1 million species per year. So one species dies for every 1 million per year. The current rate um, is around 1,000 thousand and ten thousand 10,000 times higher than the natural extinction rate. And we've had only like around 800 extinctions been documented in the past 400 years. Mm-hmm. So that's about two per million, um, which is extremely bad. You know, we've had, we've had hundreds of species, hundreds of biodiversity just lost. Um, just recently, we've had the Northern white rhino species completely go extinct, which is um, saddening to hear. But yeah, it's, it's just truly sad
1: yeah and it's it it honestly is that it's like since our culture has been so dependent Mm -hmm. on consuming you know Mm -hmm. yeah we've lost that touch with nature i think that's that's environmental sustainability responsibility that we should all be having
0: and especially um it's, it's actually funny that you mentioned that developing countries actually consume less meat than developed countries so the developed countries consume a lot more Um, meat than developing countries do and that could be again through access to food and resources and things like that but it's ironic that we have all of this information and technology that has warned us about the effects of climate change yet we continue to you know put more put more meat on our plate and put more food on our plate and continue to you know throw throw food in the trash and things like that you know we're wasting so much and we're we're, we're Yeah, we're not only consuming so much, but we're wasting so much and that waste has not been helping, you know Because that waste could be have been used, you know to support other people with and preventing, you know, like uh, Any kind of like starvation and things like that. We have a lot of people that are starving in our country There's been a lot of food scarcity Um, even in our country. It's not just abroad. I mean, it's abroad as well But it faces our country as well. And so it's something that definitely is uh it's, it's honestly scary um because the more we have like the less we have access to food th- you know our food scarcity is going to increase and increase and increase and it's going to be very difficult because i mean we even you remember during um when covid first hit and people like ravaged the stores i mean stores yeah. were absolutely devoid of their toilet paper for some reason but i mean yeah. grocery store aisles were were clean i mean no milk no bread you know it's it was difficult right you know with increasing gas prices and things like that we're going in inflation right but and i guess that's a different topic for another time but inflation has also perpetuated and it's also shown that like the price of meat and the price of um Mm -hmm. you know fish and things like that is so expensive now Yet people still choose to do it you know i wonder even though that it's so expensive, why are we still continuing to do it when there's other alternatives? And I understand it's a, it's a matter of culture and things like that, but I feel mm-hmm. like there are kind of alternatives, right? We have vegan alternatives and I know they don't taste the same from what I've heard, but yeah. there's better environmental alternatives um, yeah. that can still give you that you know, that kind of taste, not exactly, but it can give you you know, a reminder, um, but it's also just better for the environment.
1: Yeah, and I think that even, like, on the individual level, when you make little changes, like, I'm going to go meet free Monday, mm-hmm. like, making those little changes, or I'm, I'm going to cut out this, or I'll eat this less, that's an incredibly large step, uh-huh. and while it may not seem so, it really does have a profound effect on our step collectively towards environmental sustainability, Yep. and I, also, I'd like to talk about, like, energy production, because, uh-huh a lot of energy is produced by coal, by yeah. oil, yeah. by, you know, yeah. and yeah. I think that's through unsustainable, realizing...
0: unsustainable material. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. And by realizing like, like what you said, unsustainable, the oil, oils that we're using right now, you know, the petroleum, mm-hmm. whatever, it's all going to be incredibly expensive because yeah. of, you know, scarcity, because mm-hmm. there's a difference between scarcity and a shortage. A shortage is, um partial it's like it's like temporary scarcity in which it replenishes over time but Mm -hmm. oil is not like that since oil takes hundreds of thousands of millions of years to develop you know carbon our carbon storage
0: will not be replenished uh for hundreds of thousands of years so exactly we're just we're just destroying our resources when there's better alternatives (laughs) out there i just don't understand
1: yeah yeah and like i i I understand like the the efficiency Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm what that, that oil brings but like it's in the few in, in a few years like 50 100 years the price of oil is going to go up to such an, an outrageous amount it's that
0: yeah it's better for companies honestly and i, I guess I, i'm not going to exactly finish your thought but it's, it's honestly just better and cheaper for companies that are going to last these 500 years to just invest in <laughs> you know non-renewable or yes. renewable resources yes. it will literally save them not only money it will not only save them time but they might even get money from it from the government that are supporting laws you know because they might even yes. be going over cap and trade policies they might yeah. be going over their limit and they may have yeah. like be having to pay if they just go you know to renewable resources that's not very difficult i mean yeah it it is an investment but it will pay off then it's just better because it just saves headaches in the future i just feel like companies aren't realizing that yet um they're continuing to consume their oil which is just going Mm -hmm. to fall back
1: on them later yeah and i think that like you know there's arguments against what we should do about that and i think that we need to try to convince governments mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. take that step and awareness and put that focus on the climate crisis because that is arguably one of the most important things that we all as a human race are facing because i know that you know there's the green new deal mm-hmm. and then you know but like you know what what really is that doing because like if you look at yeah like countries that are like oh net carbon zero by 2050 yes that's a that's a reasonable amount because it takes a lot of time and gradual changes to change countries to try and reduce that carbon footprint i'm not gonna lie
0: i was so surprised when india said they're gonna go net zero by 2070. i was like there is no way i could not believe it i was like this is not going to happen i hope it does though
1: yeah it it, it takes governmental change and that's really hard because you know a lot of politicians are corrupt, and they work in self-interest, and they're greedy, and they work for money. You know, it's that's just true. If we look at like Coca-Cola, right? Yeah, they're they're saying like, oh, we reuse this, and this is more eco-friendly. That's just like that's it's a camouflage, right? It's yeah. a market, yeah for us to feel better about consuming their yeah. products, when in reality, they're not doing that. They're just trying to appeal to that, so they don't get they, I mean,
0: they do it. it in such a small quantity that mm-hmm. it, it doesn't really make that much of a difference overall. And I wish, yeah. um, because companies won't really do a whole lot to what the public says until they're required to, right? The only person, yeah. the only, I guess, entity that can require them to do something is the government. And I feel like if yeah. governments can step up to include regulation that, you know, it's not even just protecting us, it's protecting the world, you know? You're yeah. protecting yourselves, you're protecting others, you're protecting everybody, you know? You're, you're preventing yeah. something in- horrible from happening, but I, mean, yeah. I just don't understand, you know?
1: Yeah, and I think that a lot of that has, like especially world governments, If we take a look at the US for example, we, we, we put so much time, effort, money, like 750 plus billion dollars into our military every single year. Mm -hmm. And like, okay, I know our, like the amount of money that we put into our military is more than the next like seven, eight countries combined. And those countries are our allies. So Mm -hmm. what leaves me, like, I can't I can't really say that. My this is just an opinion, but like I don't understand why. I because, think everything like, we're talking. We I think
0: for. I think that's the way of our podcast. <laughs> I mean, these, these are yeah, all opinions. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so go ahead. I know. Okay, but like I just don't really see the 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 reason why we should be doing this because I th- personally I think that. World, the government should be working in the interest of the human race and our world because they're so they're so nearsighted they're they're so focused on what's
0: happening tomorrow that they're they're not even focused on what's tomorrow they're focusing on what's today i don't understand why they focus on today when they have a whole future ahead of them it's not like it's not like they're just they know that they're doomed in 30 years so they're trying to spend all their money i mean no they know that their, their people are going to last but i don't feel like they care enough to For their people because i mean obviously we haven't seen any real big form of push by any government i mean of course we've had you know the summits and everything but at least in the united states we haven't seen a real big push um for change and i mean we've had the um the recent infrastructure bill that had some form of that had a little bit of climate in it but it was most of it was scrapped in the end. I mean, it was only there to kind of mm-hmm. appeal to their target audience to support it when in fact they knew it was going to be scrapped from the start because you know, a bill that large is not going to be passed, right? Yeah. The, the only the essential components are going to be passed. And so it's it's more of a kind of it's it's more of a publicity kind of thing, which I feel is so aggravating for me because it's we I guess we as a younger generation really want to see these changes happening early so that we have a future ahead of us, you know? I Mm -hmm. don't know if I really have a future ahead of me, you know? Yeah,
1: and I think that a lot of the older generation, at least, like, the people who are mostly in charge, they don't see it like we do, and I think Mm -hmm. that's the importance of having podcasts like this to give that young generation's Mm -hmm. perspective. Mm -hmm. Even though it's been vocalized for years, Mm -hmm. it just shows that, like, they can die of old age, but we'll die of the climate. Mm-hmm. you know we'll die of human activity, we'll die early because yeah. of choices that yeah. they have made and we have made.
0: yeah and they might di- they might die of heart of failure, but we're going to die of failure of them, you know their yeah, failures exactly. are going to kill us, you know if they don't act now, I mean, I don't know how long I'm going to live, you know
1: mm-hmm. and like, there are so many solutions possible yeah, solutions, yeah. Given yeah my but it's, I I definitely understand that it's hard to, you know, execute them on large scale, but, like, I think that if the countries were to allocate their resources more effectively, not towards, like, oh, bigger stick, more power, better country, no, I think that if we were to increase diplomacy, which is asking for a lot, definitely, because there's, like, you know, geopolitical Mm -hmm. uh, arguments and whatnot, but I think that, if countries were to be working towards that, more sustainable energy and mm-hmm. stuff like that, we could like... Ex- for example, we could explore nuclear energy. Yes, mm-hmm. it it poses serious threats if there's a failure. Yeah. And how, how, how do we like, you know, how I, do we... I
0: don't, I feel like, it's like nuclear questions energy questions. is controversial because, I mean, yeah, yes, it, it does questions. produce energy. However, I mean, it's very... There's, there's, there's always that risk factor, you know, and it's like, oh... Like, how safe really will we be in that circumstance um, where it's going to be very difficult to gauge where we're going to be at, you know? And so we've, I mean, like, because, you know, when we have nuclear energy, we're going to have to store that nuclear waste somewhere. What country wants to take it, you know? I feel like that's very difficult to, because no country wants nuclear storage to be, nuclear waste to be in their country. I mean, that's a, that's a hazard.
1: I know that right now, a lot of countries who are relying on nuclear power are actually storing their nuclear waste in like concrete and like m- s- steel, whatever, underground. But like they're mm-hmm. also doing ocean, which I don't know the ethicality and the future impact that that has. But I think that yes, de- definitely exploring nuclear energy has many questions. Like, can the safety, proliferation, waste disposal, and cost barriers yeah. be overcome? Mm-hmm. And like, will that will the like negatives? outweigh the positives or the positives outweigh the negatives. But I think it's also important to think about, would I be more worried about a failure or waste mm-hmm. disposal in nuclear energy and radiation, or the collapse of ecosystems across the world? You know? Mm-hmm. And I think that's that's an argument that's part that's a pill that's hard to swallow. And it's it hasn't we haven't really seen much with nuclear energy. We have seen a lot. But not to the extent that I like to see, because Mm -hmm. I know a lot of that nuclear, uh, that nuclear question with like uranium and you know that Mm -hmm. has been used in making making weapons, Mm -hmm. and I think that that mindset is really hard to change. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. So yeah, I feel like honestly, so are you for or against nuclear energy?
1: Personally, I am for nuclear energy as a you know wide massive amount of energy is required to power countries, because we can't just cut fossil fuels, right? Like, fossil fuels are going to be used until they're pretty much gone. Mm -hmm. And obviously, the switch to, um, renewable energy sources like water, wind, solar, works well in countries like Finland, Germany, Switzerland, the the Netherlands, Mm -hmm. countries that have low... relatively Mm -hmm. low crime rate, relatively... High human uh, development index, relatively good job markets, and high education. So, I've pulled it
0: up, um, and like about the nuclear power by country and how much they mm -hmm. like their share of their um like total energy generated is by nuclear power. And so, number one, we have France with 70.6 percent, which is very hefty. Um, then Slovakia, Ukraine, Hungary, Bulgaria. Uh, the United States is not actually quite out there we provide 19.7% according to Wikipedia of course mm-hmm. um which is i mean we have for a big country 789,919 uh gigawatts um produced uh, yeah. gigawatt hours produced which is the number one however that only co- makes up and constitutes 19.7% of our, sh- or our shared of shared total electricity to use you know that's mainly mainly that mainly that like share is through you know, fossil fuels and things like that. It's very, very little of that is like renewable energy.
1: Yes. And I think that um, uh, that step towards renewable energy is definitely a good one. But it takes so much, so much, so many resources, so much time and effort that it's really disappointing for me to like accept that. Mm -hmm. Like governments don't necessarily see that as. And like a priority, and like yes, some countries do, and sometimes they do, but overall they don't because they they're stuck with like diplomacy issues, and there's so many other pertinent problems that the countries need to address. That I know, I, I realistically, it's hard for a country to devote all its time to the environmental uh, sustainability and climate crisis. Mm-hmm. So like I understand their side on it mm-hmm. a little bit. So yeah, it's
0: actually interesting. There's a lot of there's a few countries that are like facing out, like Germany is facing out in twenty twenty two of nuclear power. Um, in Japan, many reactors have stopped. Uh, Belgium has a twenty twenty five phase out, and Taiwan has a uh, phase out planned. And then Switzerland, yeah. um, has a gradual phase out plan, which is very interesting. Um, I mean yes, and it is non renewable. Um, but really, how are we going to c- tackle the issue of climate change? Is really the question and when nuclear energy comes up it's more of a kind of like it's a, it's more like a push off answer you know what i mean because mm-hmm, there's yeah. there's there's definite answers um in front of us but then there's nuclear power which is a bit of a a mystery to us um yeah. and we d- we have seen the effects of nuclear power um a, of failures of nuclear power you know like we've seen um we've seen fukushima um and we've seen like the Chernobyl. Yeah, we've seen Chernobyl. Yeah. We've seen the in Pennsylvania the I forgot the exact the island um. Reactor. Yeah, I know. I, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, so some some island. I forgot what's called. I apologize. Um, but we've seen the effects of failures. Um, but really they have produced a considerable amount of energy. So how should we? I guess move across that because it's definitely very helpful but it's also risky you know what i mean Mm
1: -hmm. yeah no i think that also revving up renewable energy is a great idea like 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 solar wind geothermal bioenergy hydro Mm -hmm. they all pose Mm cost-effective you know alternatives to fossil fuels and and those are definite right even even new yeah and those are definite even nuclear energy because they can be deployed relatively quickly, and they also create jobs. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. we need engineers. We need people to run those and like evaluate. You know, mm-hmm. and I, I think that that should be touched on a little bit more. But yeah, there there's also... been
0: um, I guess new um like uh emerging technologies about solar energy and how about how there are more there should be like more efficient or at least I believe there should be more efficient um full solar energy panels and i, I get it, it's very difficult to make but with nanotechnology and things like that that can and i mean the best thing at capturing sunlight of all time is i mean the thing that's in plants you know it's our cellulose mm-hmm. and it's our whoa cellulose that's wrong um chloroplast. chloroplasts are the like most like they're the best things at capturing sunlight right and so if we can i guess harness the idea the idea of choropas and how they capture energy from the sun um using their thycoids and their membranes um and we can try to if we can like replicate that in a general uh way to make our photovoltaics more efficient you know because our our efficiency is not that high you know yet we're still producing a considerable amount of energy if we can get that that efficiency higher Just a little bit higher we can turn out so much more energy because i mean there's land like even we can put solar energy pretty much anywhere where there's space that doesn't really require land like yeah like mountains yes it's cold and things like that but mountains that are in like the less like more like cold areas those can easily be because i mean there's spaces in which can be like quarantined off yeah things like that there's tons of open space that can be used for like holding solar panels like our roofs you know our roofs can can hold at least one solar panel i mean it's i've seen houses with solar panels Uh, i've seen homes with solar panels on their roofs and i mean it's a considerable and it's a good idea you know Uh, just trying to get it's also kind of cheaper i mean in the sunlight i know um in our area there's our local electrical company um asked if you'd like to buy a solar panel and during the summer of course you know You get a lot of uh energy while in like the winter time you don't get a whole lot you know so but if we have you know solar energy across the world we are going to get a concern if if we're able to this is a far-fetched idea if we're able to connect everybody together and share the electricity which is impossible because we're countries (laughs) you know we're selfish and we're greedy like we, if we share this electricity, this combined electricity, that's enough to power the you know that's enough to power the world really. If we have a constant supply of energy, you know, where it's summer in on one side of the world and winter in the other side, you know, I mean, yeah, it's definitely easy. I mean, it, when it's hot on one side, when it's daytime in on one side and it's nighttime on the other, daytime turns on, nighttime turns off, and then they switch. You know, it's definitely, yeah. it's it's just. A lot better in our environment
1: yeah and i think that like just okay solar power power is about two percent of the world okay? yeah but it's also far more expensive than coal mm-hmm. but i think that the, people just need to see the ramifications of what they yeah. are going to face or what they're causing yeah. the extinction of thousands of animals mm-hmm. the, the the deaths of hundreds of thousands of millions of people and it's just it's hard because like human nature doesn't, especially like our current society Mm -hmm. doesn't necessarily care about saving money because what they speak out is money, water, Oh, not money, food, water and like relationships. And (laughs) I mean, money, money is also, I guess, yeah, money. Yeah. Yeah, The thing to get all that is money by and large money. Right. And so the thing that drives people mostly Mm
0: -hmm. is money. Mm -hmm.
1: And like companies obviously aren't going to like, trying to push solar panels unless you're a solar panel like yeah you know
0: but i feel what what i consider it is an investment you know um it's an investment for the future that can work if enough people cooperate right this Mm -hmm. is in one of those circumstances in this circumstance especially is something that requires herd um kind of Cooperation, you know, and so mm-hmm. if it's not a lot of cooperation between people, then it won't work out. But if everybody bands together and you know chips in, it's definitely possible. Cause and I mean, I remember like Elon Musk has. Have you heard about his gigafactories? Yes. And so he yes, even said a hundred gigafactories can power the world, right? Hundred gigafactories, right? That's that. Like, it takes an investment, right? It's definitely expensive, but uh, then again what value is there of money when there's nothing to spend it on and there's no value of money left in the future right what the value of it is now i'd rather invest the value of like the value of what i i guess if my dollar right my dollar if i spend that and i invest that for the future my dollar would have gained more value by investing in that thing you know to benefit others Mm -hmm. than holding that. And my value of my dollar depreciating because it will depreciate because we're not doing anything to protect our environment. And our environment yeah. is the only thing that holds us
1: humans together, right? And it's, it really it, all goes back – I'm sorry. It really oh. all goes back to, like, human nature because, yeah. like, what you said mm-hmm. Eth- mm-hmm. and our decision-making, like diet and exercise, for example. You know, emotions really override reasoning. And while it can be easy to sit here as or like people to all agree that the environmental crisis or an increase in how much is going to be catastrophic, and it's to reason that out, that's just how the reality is because Mm -hmm. emotions override reasoning. Mm -hmm. And like, and especially when it comes to like natural gas, uh, not natural gas, but like renewable resources Mm -hmm. and energy supplies, like we were talking about now, powerful companies like the coal and gas. Uh, coal industry and the oil industry, they're obviously not going to want that because mm-hmm. like an ultra stable company or industry like coal or gas, mm-hmm. you know, they, there's money to be made and yeah. money to be lost. Yeah. And yeah. I think that with with them trying to push that narrative of like, we need mm-hmm. to save the environment and we need to um, invest in, like mm-hmm. what you were talking about, invest in more renewable resources, that's going to be the downfall of their company. I agree. And people don't want that. People are greedy. They do not want that.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, we've covered a lot of topics, you know. Um, I feel like this Mm -hmm. was good. Um, We've covered, I guess, the main ideas, and we've, I guess, brought our own thoughts into it, which is good. um, Because the perspectives of others can enlighten your own. So, uh, yeah.
1: Yeah. So, uh, with that said, uh, our discussion comes to an end. We thank you for listening and hope you'll stay tuned for future episodes. Don't forget to follow the Pepper Podcast on Instagram, Spotify, and YouTube.
0: Thank you so much for watching.
1: Thank you.